everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. Hey, you guys remember that film, The Incredibles? I love The Incredibles. I actually think it's one of the best Pixar films. If you and I were to sit down and we were to rank all of the Pixar movies, I'd put The Incredibles probably in top five. I love it. I think it's fantastic. My dog's name is Jack-Jack, for goodness sakes. Obviously, I love The Incredibles. Also, love Monsters, Inc. Yeah, we saw that. My wife and I saw that when she was pregnant with our daughter, JL, and we didn't know we were having a girl. And just Sully's relationship with Boo made me think, oh, I could have a daughter. And then I had a daughter. So, kitty. Anyway, I think the fictional cartoon character I most look like is probably Sully. But the one I most identify with is Kung Fu Panda. Anyway, that was a tangent. Back to The Incredibles. In The Incredibles, they have a daughter, the eldest daughter, Violet, if you're familiar. And her superpower, one of her superpowers, um, is that she can create force fields. And these force fields actually become very important in the film because it's like a protective bubble and anyone that's near her is actually protected and shielded by the force field that she puts out so no matter how much uh hostility or how many bad guys or how many missiles are coming toward them or how much destruction or chaos is out there uh, the people that are in her bubble are protected and safe the reason i bring this up is because this past weekend for the first time in my time at Westgate, which is almost going on a decade now, we have a major campaign that we're launching. And one of the things that this major campaign is hoping to do is to build and to uh, blur the lines between our property and the city that's coming to us. It's about hospitality. And I think it's like creating bubbles of space for people to feel safe and connected. In a way, it's kind of like being like Violet. It's creating these, these little bubbles of space where people can feel protected and cared for away from the difficulties in the assaults of life. It's kind of how I think about it. Maybe it's not how you think about it. Maybe there's another Pixar movie that you more relate to this campaign. Anyway, the point is, we just entered into a campaign. So I have Jay Kim here, here to talk a little bit about kind of some behind the scenes about where this campaign came from, how long it's been percolating in um, his mind and heart, and kind of what he hopes and dreams for um, this next season of Westgate as we enter into this campaign. Maybe you've got questions about it. We'd love to hear about it. And so with that, we're just going to dive right in. And we're just going to talk about the heart behind the campaign, you know, because because in the end, it's not about money or buildings. It's about something much bigger. And so with that, let's just uh, dive right in. Welcome to the Afterword, everyone. Welcome. Hey, Jay. Hi. So... Have we talked? I don't think. No, this is the first podcast of the the new year that we've. No, no, we did last last week. Yeah, we did. Eat so this I book, yeah. I didn't ask you about your New Year's resolutions. I don't make resolutions. Is that bad? I think it's not bad. Okay. You're, I thought you were going to say I don't make resolutions. I just do it or something like that. Just <laughs> only no, weak I, people say what they're going to do. <laughs> Strong no. actually just go out and do yeah, it. That's right. That's right. No, I, uh, yeah, I just haven't been in the habit of doing that. It's not that I don't set goals. I mean, I certainly Oh, sure, sure, sure. I don't do the, like, New Year's thing. Yeah, yeah. New Year, new me. Do you have, like, a goal board or, like, some sort of vision board that you make where you cut out pictures from, like, magazines oh, and things? Oh, man, like- that'd be awesome. I know. <laughs> just have a boring task list. Oh, yeah. Wow. But but I do have, uh, I well, you know this, I, I use... Uh, what's called the horizon storyline goal setting 
Yes, sort yes, of yes. Oh, you want to talk to the people about that because they might not know what it is. Oh, yeah. And you stole this idea from it's somebody. It's from a book. It's from a book. I forget the stole, name I of the book. I said stole the idea. That that sounds bad. No, no. It's a tool you that are, the book offers. It's a that tool I, that the yeah. book offers that you freely use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Horizon storyline. It's basically, you know, it's um, they use the metaphor of a painting. And if you have a painting, typically paintings that have any level of depth, you have the foreground, midground, background, you know, like the thing that's right up front, kind of the middle, and then like way off on the horizon or whatever. So I use that. They use that. And that's the tool I use. So foreground vision and goals would be um, in the immediate. Like right now. This quarter, the next yeah, three this season. months. And that's very specific stuff. It's like three to five specific things. We also use around here the differentiation between what's called lead measures and lag measures. Lead measures are like, I want, you know, 500 baptisms in the next three months. That's, sure. that's a lead measure because it's like the end goal, but it's nothing you really can measure now a lot. Uh, that's a lag measure. Sorry. A lead measure is like something you can do now, which would be like, man, I'm going to have, you know, five conversations with people at our church every single week and ask the question about their walk with Jesus or something. I don't know. Anyways. So, uh, foreground the next three months, it's all like sort of lead measure based. What are the things I am going to do to partner with God, to be faithful to what I sense he's calling us to do. They're very specific goals. Um, mid ground goal would be like uh the next um year or so and uh what is and that's not specific it's like uh you know a mid ground goal like an aspirational goal yeah it's like a theme you know mm, like, so like we're going to have a better marriage at the end of this year we're really going to sink into it and yeah, prioritize exactly each other. exactly yeah. and then all of your specific goals kind of center around that and then foreground goal um, or, or I'm background, sorry, background, background goal yeah. would be like three to five years out, you know, and that's more specific. I don't even know what I'm doing this Thanksgiving. I know, I know. So how, yeah. do, how does one get into that? Just kind of, is that like dreaming with God? Yeah. Well, might you know, like? we talk a lot. We've been in a season of talking a lot about, you know, the with God life. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of conversations with God here at our church. It's a lot of conversation. This kind of segues to what yeah, we're talking about today. Um, it, it's a lot of conversations at the elder level and our leadership team here. And, um, yeah, lots of prayer, fasting, things like that. So, right. Yeah. Which I guess does transition is because this past week we kicked off a campaign. Now, the thing that's weird about this is I say kicked off the campaign, but this has actually been going on at a staff and personal level for it for months and months and months and months and months. In fact, yeah, I remember, at an elder level for years. Yes. Yeah. So it's it in some ways it doesn't feel new at all. No. Uh, yeah. It feels to our people, to, to most people listening, it's like, oh my gosh, we just talked about this exciting a, thing. On yeah, it's Sunday, very cool, very exciting, very it's big. Been months but, and years. But it's yeah. been it's like it's kind of old news for <laughs> we've been living in it for so long. <laughs> yeah. I remember in, in summer we had all these get-togethers with the staff and. We, we just talked about it for, at, you know, we had a, a meal together and yep. we talked about it with our spouses. Yeah. And, and that was the kind of first, and that was, and actually we were thinking, well, you were thinking at the time you were going to launch into this campaign in fall. Yeah. And then you delayed it. Talk about, talk about that. Uh, talk about, well, not you. It, it was a decision was made at the elder level along that, that we should delay it until the new year. So talk about that because it was supposed to be back in fall. So there, yeah, was, there it, was a pushing back. Yeah, yeah. It was just a timing thing. Um, we wanted to make sure we had the right conversations with the right people in the right order. Right. And we realized initially our thought was, hey, let's launch this thing in October. But we realized, you know what? We 
that doesn't give us enough time to have the right conversations with the right people in advance. So we needed more time. So lots of discussions with our elders and, and our leadership team here on, on, on staff. And, um, it was pretty, it was a pretty clear decision for us. Hey, you know, it feels like the right thing to do is to wait until the new year. And, uh, and we did that and now we're here and it's exciting. Right. Okay. So the other question I had is some people might, might've asked, um, one of the things that's interesting about it is it does seem as though just the stuff that was happening around the Saratoga campus, there was some convergence of things that were happening Yeah, that are uh, pretty, pretty interesting and big. Yeah. The Paseo de Saratoga, that giant shopping center yeah. that's going to get, that was bought. That's going to get raised Yeah, and raised. I don't mean raise the roof R A Z E D. <laughs> it's going to be torn down yeah. and it's going to be rebuilt as kind of like a second Santana row, high end shopping in the bottom and, and then apartments, uh, apartments yeah. and high end condos at, uh, yeah. above. Um, there's going to be a building built in the Cato lot. The Cato lot for those, those are those white buildings right next to our kids town parking yeah. lot. That's going to be a multi-story built. How many? Well, the news just came out actually oh. this week. So San Jose Mercury news just posted a new article with some developments. So, uh, we have more specifics. So in the Cato lot at, at the plans currently are in the Cato lot. There's going to be, I think like a, five to seven story brand new high end um, facility that's actually going to be like a senior assisted senior living facility. Really? It should be really fascinating and interesting. And then across the street, like you said, El Paseo, uh, it'll be retail on bottom and then like high rise apartments. I think the the plan I read in the San Jose Mercury News article, now this could all change in the coming years, but the plan now is that they're going to go up um, as high as like 12 stories and it won't be condos. It'll mostly be high end apartments. So, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so we're re- talking hundreds of people. Well, not hundreds. So I think it's like 300 and almost 400 units of apartments and almost uh, like 312 that's, units. Then that's thousands of, um, the assisted living. So if you do all of the math on it together, if you assume, you know, two to three people in those apartments, um, that's over a thousand right there. And then the, the senior living will be, you know, probably individuals. So that's another 300 or so. So yeah, you're talking well over a thousand brand new for us. What the way I see it is, and the way our elders and our leadership team see it is, Our church has been talking about loving our neighbors for 20 years, over 20 years. We are about to, in the coming years, have literally thousands of brand new literal neighbors for us to love. Right. And that's a big part of what this is about. At Saratoga and at South Hills Casa de Fe campus, it's the same concept. Almaden, South San Jose area is a vastly... um, there's just tremendous opportunity here. It's a quick, it's a changing neighborhood, young families moving in. And we have obviously Leland high school, Bret Hart. We have Almaden trail that is literally across the street. Right. And this is a chance for us to, to love and and welcome those neighbors. Well, so when you were thinking about this, I know, uh, was it just a sense of like paying attention to what was happening around? And then that kind of did the vision or were you like, listen, we're going to re like, how did that work in terms of did, did one come first 
Because, you know, there's different leaders. Some visionary yeah, readers, yeah. like, respond to the, the inputs. Others are like, we're doing this. And how did you, yeah. how did that happen? I mean, for me, I was pretty bored. So I thought, you know what sounds like a good time <laughs> is raising millions of dollars, which is a complete joke. That is a joke, which I said on Sunday. I have That is the last thing any church leader is yeah. interested in. Sure. No, really, what it came down to was, I'll just give you a little inside baseball. Long before I came back to Westgate in 2020, the elders had already been having discussions. In fact, I have mock-ups of pictures, um, renderings we have, uh, lots of discussions about doing a big campaign. But the idea was let's do a big campaign to renovate our campus, like our current campus, redesign our buildings and build new whatever. And all that's beautiful and good. Um, but when I came back one, I just thought, man, I think that would be beautiful. That'd be wonderful. But, um, I feel like there's more to be said in terms of caring for our city and welcoming those who are not yet here to, to be here, you know, in whatever capacity, not necessarily come to a Sunday service right away, but just to tell our city, like, we want you here, whether you believe in Jesus or not, we want to love you and serve you well. And then shortly after those conversations started, Sandhill properties purchased all, all of that happened. land around yeah. us. And it felt like to our elders and our leadership team, Oh, like this is real clarity. This conversation that is beginning to evolve that, you know, if we're going to do a campaign, is there a way that we can do the campaign as an extension of love to our city? And then when Sandhill purchased everything around Saratoga campus, um, we realized, oh, that's it. That is why God is sort of stirring this new thing in us. Um, our city is coming to us. And so we have a chance now um, to extend our campus in such a way that, we love them and care for them well. I thought it was really interesting. Yesterday, you and I sat at a lunch with a guy who's an architect, and he works with a lot of nonprofits yeah. and a lot of churches across the country. And he says the number one things that people are doing is creating kind of welcoming, welcoming spaces space. That's right. Um, for people to hang out. Yeah. What they're realizing is that the bigger sanctuary with the bigger numbers of seats is less important than people hanging and spending time together. Yeah, um, people need to belong yeah, you know, to, in yeah. an age of isolation and right. loneliness. And that's what we hope happens at both of our locations, you know, at South Hills Casa sure. de Fe with a coffee shop and same thing at Saratoga coffee shop, large sort of hangout space. I've said this many times to people, but I love almost everything about our church. One of the things that grates against me though is every week you and I show up to work at both of our campuses on Monday to Thursday, and it's just only us and Christians. And, and certainly we've got a lot of people who already belong to our church family that have gatherings right. here, and we want that to continue and grow. But there's a part of, of both of us, I think, that really longs to see yeah. people far from God feel like they could spend time here. The um, word, the word that came to mind, and as we're reflecting, I, I now, and, and again, I, I, I wanted to throw this at you because I, I, I've got a chance to sit in this, yeah. to reflect in this, to really kind of um, reflect on this vision. And the word that came to mind, the, the, the word that most clearly pops in my mind is the word hospitality. Mm. And, and um, it's, and I, I did some, I did some thinking about this and some research. The, the word in the Greek is philoxenia, which means love of strangers. Yep. And I love that. And the yeah. opposite, of course, is xenophobia, Yes, which is the distrust or the hatred of strangers. 
And um, I, I was thinking about this because it's it's actually part of an elder qualification. Yeah. So for those who are spiritual leaders in the church who want to be leaders in the church, Paul puts it in First Timothy and in Titus yeah. on the list of what it means for to be uh, an elder, to be yeah. hospitable. And then Paul actually says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Mm. And the word accept is prolambano in mm. the Greek, which is to admit into one society or fellowship or to receive or treat with kindness. Mm. It's used all over the New Testament, but one of the ways is like when Priscilla and Aquila heard uh, Apollos, they invited him, they prolambanoed him into their home, mm. and then he explained the way of God um, more adequately to them. Yeah. So I think about hosp- hospitality as like a a kindness and openness and open arms, a warmth. Yep. Is that how you think about it? it w- would that be, would that map or is there another way that you've thought about it? That's exactly it. Yeah. We want to be hospitable to our city. We want to physically tell them, right? What, like literally when you drive by our church, either location, we want people to, to know you are welcome here. Mm-hmm. We would love to host you here. You know, it's interesting to me. I, I love those passages you mentioned. Hospitality shares the same root word as hospital. Oh, and, interesting. Um, you think about that love of stranger. That That is, and, and for, like for people who don't know, the modern sort of one, just medical care sort of um, paradigm and uh, hospital systems in general they find their genesis in the way of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, you know, and um, you think about an age of loneliness and isolation, like we already said, a coffee shop and a seating area and a place to just enjoy the nine months of warm California sun that we typically have. Almost 10. Almost 10. It's not just a coffee shop and a bunch of benches. It's like a sort of hospital to, to sort of slowly over time help us heal from isolation and loneliness. And I think that's what we're hoping to do, you know, create space for hospitality, like you said, to be a hospital for the lonely and let people know over the long haul, you can belong. You don't have to be alone. You're seen, you're loved, you know, and um, for our staff and for our church people who hopefully will spend a lot of time here as well, Monday to Friday or Sunday to Monday, you know, um, uh, that we will also feel like, man, this is a place I can invite my friend who may not come to church with me necessarily, but will have coffee with me, you know, at my church. And, um, all of that is about hospitality. All of that is about healing from loneliness. It's kind of like a big front porch with lots of fun things to play with on the front porch. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. It's like that kind of yeah. that kind of model of hanging out. Um, the other thing I thought about, and tell me if, uh, and again, just because I've had time to reflect on this, and yeah. I wonder what you would say, um, or what how what theologically or Bible passages. But as you were, t- as you, because I again, I've gotten a chance to sit in this for nine months. Um, I started thinking about this, and it, what it really reminded me of is like what the church, um, or even more than that, there's a there's a book that was deeply influential to me, um, and you've read it, but for for me, it's super duper hit me. It's by Christopher Wright. It's called The Mission of God. Yeah, and the whole point of that book is that the Bible can be interpreted through this exegetical map of what God's trying to do. Yeah, and what God's trying to do is to be known 
and to use Israel to show the world what he's like, and then invite the nations into it. He, he calls um, Genesis 12 the Grand Central Station. Yeah. And that it says where God says to Abraham, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Yeah. And what you see really closely, what happens after that is Abraham's identity shifts. And Abraham begins begin being tied to his God. Yeah. And Abraham and his God are like inseparable. What's God's doing? What what God does through Abraham shows something about God. But then what how Abraham responds to that is is his God, and they're all like. Um, and it reminds me of what Jesus says: Many will come from the east and the west, and they'll take their places at the feast with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. It, it the whole point is that the the goal of the church. Um, God entrusts the church or Israel and then the church yeah. to to show the nations what Yahweh's like yeah. and then invite them into that um into knowledge of him right. to be known and to be loved by him. That's kind of the grand plan. So it, it kind of also hospitality also is for me, the New Testament version of that goes back to that the very call of Abraham. Yeah. So that's kind of how I thought about it. It was like this is actually what the church is for, or Christians are for. This is what God's redemptive plan is. This mm-hmm. is how. Do, do you think about it that way? Is there another way that you think about it? Does that kind of map? I mean, obviously, it seems like that would map on. But is there some other thing that you've you've talked about? Or no, maybe? I think that's yeah. I think that's really spot on. Um, in some ways, it's helpful for me to think about it along those lines because it reminds me we're not doing anything innovative or new here. We're <laughs> yeah. just trying to continue participating in the story in the mission of God that he's been about since Genesis 12, which is all nations. So like at the time to say something like this, like those are outsiders. Totally. And to no other nation knew about God at that point. Yeah. They were ignorant of God. Right. Idolatrous. To invite outsiders in. Sure. And um, uh, to blur those lines. So yeah, that's, that, that is what we're trying to do. It's the same. We're participating in the same story. Yeah. Uh, and then one other question I had is, um, you've said you. I love I love what you said. You say in in the end this is this really this is about the fund. It's about building, but in the end it's it's really not. Yeah. So like talk about that too, because I imagine that there probably is like, what if we only raise thirty two million? It's yeah. not enough. Or yeah. there, there's probably some anxiety that some people feel. Maybe you've even felt like, are we going to raise it all? What's right. that going to look like? What if we don't raise it all? But you said in the end, it's not about money, and that's actually even not about the buildings. What do yeah. you mean by that when you say that? Yeah, it's about the one thing our church has always been about and will always be about, which is to be and to make disciples who learn and live the way of Jesus, and the way of Jesus is the way of love, a life of love toward God and one another and our neighbors. And God will do whatever he's going to do. So maybe we raise all of it. Maybe we raise more than all of it. Maybe we raise far less. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, whatever happens, we will receive it from God as a gift. And then we will do what we can with what we receive, knowing that God will provide exactly what we need to do, exactly what he wants. But whether we have new buildings or not, whether we have retail space or not, um, that doesn't stop us from the fact that we are called to continue to love 
our neighbors well, to love our city well, to love all of these thousands of brand new neighbors that are coming our way at Saratoga campus. Um, the thousands of neighbors that already exist right here at South Hills and Casa de Fe and the neighbors in our city and around the world, we're going to continue doing that no matter what. So, you know, just as way of reminder, we told our folks like, this is all also about our global and citywide neighbors. Right. So the first two and a half million dollars each year above and beyond, you know, our, our sort of what we need to function our as a church yeah. um, will go outside our doors first before we build retail space and, you know, the coffee shops, basically. Um, so I, I'm confident at minimum that'll happen. So I don't know for sure, but I'm confident that'll happen. And what that means is we can look forward to in the next two years, whether we're able to build or not. And I hope we are, but whether we are or not, you know, hopefully we'll be able to look back in the year 2025 at the end of 2025 and say, look at what God has done. We gave away more money in these last two years than we've ever given away in any two year period, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's obviously a powerful expression of loving our neighbors. Well, so, um, yeah, we believe that if everyone who calls Westgate home prays and seeks the Lord and just does exactly what God's asking them to do, gives not a penny more or a penny less. And what that means is for some people, they're going to pray and God is going to say, you are in a financial situation where you can't give. So not a penny more than that would be nothing, you know, like. But maybe what you do is pray, pray fervently, fast, mm -hmm. that God's will would be done. And there are others of us in this church who are going to give like well into the s seven figures because God's just really blessed us. And that's what God's going to ask you to do. And a bunch of us are going to give something in between those two numbers. And and whatever whatever it is, if we all just say yes to whatever God is asking us to do, then we're really confident God will provide exactly what we need to do exactly what he wants. The plans we've presented are just our best guess right. after fasting and praying for several years. And we hope that it happens, but whether all of it happens or not, or more happens than we could imagine, um, we are committed, you know, as, as much as ever, uh, to loving God, loving one another, and loving our neighbors. And we're going to do that with whatever God provides. So in a way, is a campaign just an opportunity for churches to super clarify what they're about, to white hot, to, to kind of reheat the vision till it's white hot about these things? Is in, in a way, is kind of like... Yeah, it's absolutely an opportunity for us to reorient ourselves around the things that matter most. Yeah, absolutely. A life of love, you know, an extending yeah. love in real ways, sacrificial, generous ways to God and to our neighbors and to one another for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. One, uh, I want to get into one final question and it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a little bit of a, a fact question. Sure. Uh, and that's a, that's about the, the details yep. of the one fund. Mm -hmm. um, just it, uh, in the past, there's kind of been multiple buckets that people have given to yeah. uh, a bucket of just general church operations. Yep. That's like, Staff and buildings and electricity bill, right? And then there's compassion money. We call this loud. Yeah. Um, or we sometimes did the Advent Conspiracy. That was a fund. Mm -hmm. Or Living Water. And that was a, a separate fund. And that was goes outside of our walls. Yeah. Uh, and then there were special projects. We had the Giving uh, the giving Good yep. Fund. Yeah. So if you could just kind of help maybe explain what the one fund is. Yeah. Uh, for, for the next two years. Yeah. 
kind of those buckets kind of go away and there's just one bucket, but it's those buckets are paused for two years. Yeah. So for the year 2024 and 2025, and we're taking, we talked about this briefly yeah. on Sunday, we're taking what's called a one fund approach. No one needs to remember that. All it means is now just for the next two years, when you give to Westgate church financially, you're not going to select. I'm going to give $10 to Westgate Water and $10 to Local Global Compassion through Loud and then $20 to the ministry fund. You're just giving to one bucket. Um, and what it does, it does a number of things, but what it does for our team is it allows us then to be able to make the most headway altogether. Like all of our giving energy goes to one place. At the same time, what that means is like, we are really committed. I said it publicly. It is our actual on the record commitment. As we do that, obviously the ministry fund, like, like you said, to pay our staff, keep the lights on to keep kids ministry going and youth ministry and you know, all those things like that money gets spent down first, you know, and we set it on Sunday. That's about $7 million a year is what it costs to continue doing ministry and out beyond the 7 million, the next two and a half million each year, we will set aside to go outside of our walls. And that's more than we've given. That is more we the most give. money we've ever given in a calendar year in a fiscal year so any 12-month period, the most we've ever given was $2.186 million, so a little shy of $2.2 million. What that means is we are committed for the next two years to giving, more than that. to giving more money than we've ever given. So for people who are like, I, but what does that mean? Is Westgate, what, we're not going to build wells or we're not going to love our oh, city no. and our world? We're going to no, do more. What this means is we're going to do more in these next two years. It's just that you won't select. Otherwise, it it dissipates the energy. Yeah, we're yeah. all moving in one direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing that what that means is we're going to build more wells. We're going to do more support for our global ministry partners and missionaries. We're going to do more good in our city through beautiful day and local projects. Um, and then whatever is left on top of that, that's for the building new projects. That's what we'll build. I so yeah. that'll enable us to build, you know, as much or as little as is left over. It's just pretty insane to me that $14 million over two years, which seems like a staggering amount of money, is kind of just status quo. That's mm -hmm. just, a, that's, that's insane. That seems like so much money. And yeah. then and then $5 million yeah. in two years is just what our people typically give outside, or it's more well, than that. Well, it's less than it's that. Less, well, no, it's, about, it's less than that. Yeah. It's probably closer to about three. Well, it's, it gets complicated because there's loud ops and stuff. It's actually probably closer to about three, that's 3.4. So we're going to go up to five. Yeah, up to five over two years. Yeah, yeah. wow, that's that, okay. We're going to try. Yeah, but yeah right, right, right. So, um, all right. So you, you've been doing this. You've been living this not just in the past year, but for a long time. Yeah. So what are you feeling? right now. I feel great. Um, I feel great. I, I really, you know, I'm repeating myself here, but I really feel confident that, um, if we all pray and seek the Lord and do mm -hmm. exactly what he's asking each of us to do. And that's the key. You know, often we hear something like this and we think, Oh, I'm so glad our church is doing this. There's like people here that'll make it happen. I'm just going to keep, now this is like, if you call Westgate home, this is all of us. I think that's what God's asking yeah. of us. However much, however little, it's all of us. And um, if we all say yes to whatever God's asking of us, then uh, God's going to provide exactly what we need to do what he wants. So. It's interesting. Your ask really is first, pray, 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 pray. Yeah. I, and I, I love that because, um, 
you know, sometimes it, it can be weird. You know, you can feel pressure, you can feel guilt, or you can feel shame. Um, yeah. Like no like, guilt, no shame. Like you said, you were talking about people who give like seven figures, and I'm like, not, not me, no way. Yeah. Um, but seven well, you know, is, I yeah. love the way Steve says it. That yeah. generosity, like. Um, generosity in the way of Jesus is always this really sweet balance between joy and sacrifice. Right. If it's all joy, then it means it's too easy and you're not really being generous the way God is asking of you. But if it's all sacrifice and you're like, I can't, I can't pay the mortgage next month, but I'm doing it. (laughs) Then that's probably irresponsible, but there should be a balance between the two. There should be a sense of like, Oh man, this is costing me. Right. Like the way my wife and I are participating, it's not like we don't, we feel it. Like we're letting go of some things to participate faithfully, but also it's not so much so that we're like, I don't, we can't feed our children. Like, and you know, there's joy in it. It's like, man, God has provided for us and he's blessed us in, in, in a meaningful way. So out of joy, we're going to sacrifice, you know, and that's been a helpful paradigm for me. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah. that is joy. So along those lines, that's why there should be no guilt or shame. Right. Because for someone, um, there are people in Silicon, obviously all throughout Silicon Valley. And I think there are people in our church to write a seven figure check is is sacrifice, but it's also joy. It's like, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And then there are people like, you know, I think about my mom who was a single mom growing up and there were campaigns in the church where I grew up and she would write a check for a thousand dollars. Right. Would you think a thousand dollars in Silicon Valley is like, come on, who can't write a thousand dollar check? Dude, that was sacrifice for her. But there was also joy because God provided for us, you know? So there are people in our church, people listening right now who, for you to write, not, forget seven figures, like a four-figure check is a big deal. I think about some of our college students who I've had conversations with that forget four figures. They're like working as a barista at Starbucks or something. They're just saying like, man, I'm going to take, you know, my tips and that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to sacrifice. Well, yeah, that might come out to like a couple hundred bucks or something. Man, God sees that and he's like, Yes. That's joy and sacrifice, you know? Yeah. So it's not the dollar amount. And yeah, again, yeah. there are some yeah. in our church who, um, and I said it on Sunday, like you, you are not in a position to participate financially. In fact, what you need to do is email us at care at westgatechurch.org <laughs> and actually yeah. name your situation so we can help. That's what it means to be family. Yeah. Like uh, let others carry you, yeah. right? You're, you're not supposed to participate financially. You need help and let us know. We want to come alongside you. But what you can do is pray and fast right, and be a part of this and, thing and participate yeah. in other ways. So. Yeah. Participate. But like it's that. all of us. Yeah. 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 They call Westgate home. That's cool. Well, uh, here it is. We're clicking up the hill of the yeah. roller coaster. Yes. It's exciting. And we've just crested. Here we go. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Very, it's going to be cool. All right. And so we will be talking about this in the coming weeks and all the permutations of it. So thanks for being here. And uh, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Join us next week where we'll continue in part two of our Here to Stay series. And also, just to let you know, if you've got questions, we've got a whole webpage that we've developed. You can find it by going to our website and clicking on westgatechurch.org slash here to stay. That's all one word. H-E-R-E-T-O-S-T-A-Y. Why did I spell that for you? You know how to spell. I'm sorry about that. Also, we have live questions and answer sessions um, with Jay at each of our campuses at our South Hills campus. 
and at um, our Saratoga campus. If you can't attend either of those, there's a live Zoom Q&A with Jay. So you can RSVP for those online by going to westgatechurch.org slash here to stay. And there's also booklets and pamphlets that we've passed out. So hopefully that will be a helpful resource to you. And until next week, we will talk to you soon.